everybody, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Today is the 9th of January, 2023. And on today's show, a look at the national championship game tonight between TCU and Georgia, how you guys can find all of our coverage, what I'm looking forward to, and some of my favorite plays for the game tonight when it comes to the betting realm. All that and more is coming up on this special edition of Locked On Big 12. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Locked On Big 12 Podcast, I am your host, Josh Neighbors. We are brought to you all today by LinkedIn. If you're looking to hire or you're looking for a job, LinkedIn, best place to connect and find those qualified candidates or find that job that you've been looking for. Maybe that job finds you. Uh, all right, so obviously it's Championship Monday. Welcome to Championship Monday. If you guys have not subscribed to the channel yet, please do. We're going to have a post-game show tonight. We'll have that. Going to be doing a Twitter space tonight. Haven't really flirted with Twitter spaces, but going to do so tonight. 7.30, probably right around the kickoff. I will have a Twitter space, Locked On Big 12 Twitter space. I'm going to do it through my my Twitter, uh, at Josh Neighbors underscore. So make sure you guys are locked in there, but you guys come in. Ask me questions, uh, engage in the conversation, you know, all that kind of stuff. So we'll start that around 730 because I'm not sure the game's going to kick off at 730 proper, uh, but that's going to be happening. Follow us on Twitter at LOBig12. Follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Find the show wherever you get your podcasts. Um, going to look at this game from a couple perspectives. Number one is some kind of like closing thoughts as we as we approach this game. Um, obviously, this is huge for the Big 12, right? It is massive for the Big 12 that they're playing, you know, a team like TCU is going to be a main member, is going to be playing a powerhouse like Georgia. They've won a uh, college ball playoff game. Uh, you know, they've kind of bucked a lot of the narratives, bucked a lot of the trends. And normally speaking, the things like the blue chip ratio have held true, right? Uh, you know, that you have to have a certain number of four and five stars to win a championship in modern college football. That stuff has held true. The Big 12 not being there has held true till now. Um, you know, but TCU is bucking a lot of these trends on their way to potentially to to history. Right? They've already made some history. Um, and, you know, obviously that is the important storyline that we are covering this from Georgia with a really obvious chance to, you know, go back to back. Something it's not done very often. Kirby Smart, an excellent chance to kind of grab that mantle from Nick Saban. Is he anywhere near as accomplished? No. But in terms of program uh, stature and dominance, you have to start thinking about Georgia as as the program in college football. These things can swing back and forth. We know that Alabama just posted the best recruiting class in the country last year, and it was an excellent recruiting class. My God, Nick Saban's back, and they're they're rocking and rolling on that front. But we know that as Texas A&M doesn't always guarantee results. Now, Nick Saban, uh, you know, more of a proven winner time in and time out than Jimbo Fisher. Both both have national titles. Saban's got a lot more and has been a better coach recently than Jimbo has. That's an undisputable fact. So Georgia chasing that piece of history. You get to the quarterback battle, right? Stetson Bennett and also Max Duggan. Those two guys coming at this thing from clearly different angles, right? You think about Stetson Bennett. Uh, it will, I mean, similar storylines, you know, but like different angles. Stetson Bennett is the guy that Maybe nobody wanted the right, wrong way to put it, but like not the guy that we thought would see leading a team, leading this Georgia team, at least, right? A lot of talented guys have come and gone ahead of him. They have some of them have fallen behind him, and Stetson Bennett grabbed the reins of this job and has not given it away 
And I think a lot of people said Stetson should run out, you know, right out in the sunset last year. There's a chance maybe he gets replaced. But as we've seen sometimes, and I'm not saying Oklahoma State and Georgia are comparable, but think about Oklahoma State, or rather Baylor, wanted to go with Blake Shapin because potentially that makes your offense a bit more dangerous, right? Some people would pitch it to you, hey, we have to go to a guy who's more capable because we think he expands the offense and allows us to do more, therefore making the team better as a whole, right? Gary Bohannon kind of held things down for Baylor last year, but they thought Blake Shapin gave them a chance to do more. Well, I can't tell you Gary Bohannon would have done as bad as Blake Shapin did this year, but that wasn't necessarily true for this team. <clears throat> Excuse me, and I think Kirby knows that with Stetson, it feels like for him and for this team that, yeah, there are more capable throws to the football. There are more capable quarterbacks, more capable runners. Um, but Stetson Bennett has developed into a guy that everybody obviously believes in. They all like him. He is old. And as we know, that matters a lot in college football. I am about to turn 26 in February. Uh, Stetson Bennett, I believe, is 25. So he and I are actually the same age currently. And I graduated college in 2019, December of 2019. I graduated college, right? This guy is you know, the same year old as I am. Uh, technically, I guess, like, what, a year behind me in school? And, you know, if, if he were to be in school. Um, and he's still, you know, still out there playing at 25 years old, October 29th, 1997. Point being, we were both born in the same year. We are both born in 97. Still out there playing college football. That matters. That age and experience matters. And then Max Duggan comes at it from the other side of things, right? Another older guy lost his job. And, like, I'm not sure. Um, obviously, it's, like, the, the wrong choice, quote, unquote. But I... I think from what we saw from Chandler Morris last year in that Baylor game and obviously Garrett Riley and Sonny Dykes as talent evaluators, whatever they saw, like we trust them a lot. Not saying the first decision was the wrong one, but I mean, Max Duggan, like, you know, it's, there have been times we've doubted like how, how good of a player he is, right. The explosive offense last year, um, but so, struggles, the intermediate stuff and really just how start and go fits and starts that offense was at times. Now, part of it had to do with Zach Evans being in and out and continuity and whatnot, but part of it had to do with Max Duggan not being a great quarterback. Then, you know, takes the job. He's old. He's played a lot of games and just knew what to do with it. And the guys believed in him. The guys stuck with him. So we have these two quarterbacks arriving at this spot. And don't forget about Max's troubles with the heart issue identified. I am somebody I've mentioned on the show. I had two open heart surgeries when I was younger. It's always been something, uh, you know, go to doctors, whatnot, health, all those things. But I always got a soft spot for people that have, you know, have heart conditions. I'm all good to go. It seems like Max is all good to go, right? So two guys thriving. You always have a soft, soft spot, I guess, if you can sympathize with guys, empathize with guys, you know, have been through similar situations that you have been through. So Max, to catch that, to have the surgery, you know, to, to be back and and all, all those doubts for him to be here, tremendous, uh, absolutely tremendous accomplishment for him to go all the way. And, and both those guys, I know we talk about the Georgia defense, but like those two guys, it feels like it's going to come down to to them tonight because a lot of times it has. Like Stetson Bennett, it came down to him later in that Georgia game. He had to be good enough, the Ohio State game rather. Today's Locked On Big 12 podcast is brought to you all by LinkedIn. As a small business owner or a hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your opening jobs with targeting tools. They can search their 875 million members to help find you the qualified candidates you have to talk to. 
Once again, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find those qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Every single time TCU needed the score, it came down to Max Duggan operating, getting the guys going and making plays. And while it wasn't a great game, every single time the TCU offense needed a play, they got a play. Uh, the offense did it, you know, they did their job. Another defense scored 14 points, but the offense still put up. Uh, was he take 51 minus 14? So that's going to be 37. Uh, offense helps you put up 37 points in a, you know, against one of the best defenses in the country. Uh, the quarterback can take a lot of, uh, you can take some credit for that, right? So, and, and once again, Stetson came down to him in the Alabama game last year, made two critical throws in the championship game, uh, a couple awesome throws, and, and got the job done. And so those two guys are going to be huge focus pieces tonight, huge parts of the storyline. It's going to be great to see those guys, obviously, here in the championship game. Um, so doubt for these guys, right? Guys like Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, not here. Pretty pretty cool storyline, right? Sonny Dykes, obviously, storyline with him. Maybe a nomad is the wrong term, but a wanderer for certain somewhat in his coaching career. We know the ties to Mike Leach. We know those ties, obviously, to Hal Mummy and his dad, Spike Dykes, and and obviously Garrett Riley comes along and all you know the the way that um, this offense works and defense works. There's a lot of ties with kind of Texas high school football, which feels like it's really the true roots of the Big Twelve and whatnot. And um, this is kind of where you get back to the like, can these guys buck the great trend of having as many four and five stars the rest of your roster? Well. They don't, but they've developed these guys to a point that in this season where I feel like the top teams are down a little bit, TCU is taking advantage. And they are, they are, I think from like a collective standpoint, like that's maybe the best collective team in the country when it comes like just, or maybe most impressive, impressive is the right term, right? I have been most impressed, I think, with any team in the country. I think a lot of people have agreed with you on this, considering where their talent level is, which is so, you know, substantial, but not as substantial as Georgia or as Michigan or as Ohio State. The fact that they're getting as much out of this group, the fact that they've won as many close games, that they have had guys thrive in big spots. The defense seems to make plays whenever it needs to. And, and like, I'd even extend that to the game they lost against Kansas State, right? Like their defense got pushed around a little bit, but the defense made enough plays and actually gave them the ball back with a chance to win that football game in regulation. Defense might've given it up some last week, but they were good enough in that game uh, you know, to score twice, right? So kind of like whatever you need, whenever you've needed it, TCU has given it. And that is the mark of a great team. While Georgia is more talented, TCU has had that mark of a great team all year. And so that's what really going into this game, like I'm thinking about this and I'm rooting for TCU. I'm pulling for them. I really want them to win. It would be great for the league, obviously. Um, and that is where I'm at. But I think the one thing that I'm upset about the most, and I hope we all enjoy the most, is like I really would love to watch this group play as much as possible. Um, and we're going to get one more game of this. And the fact that these guys have now taken it to a 15th game, that we get to see this group of gritty and talent and, oh, guys who overcome and and hard hitters and speedsters and potential first-round draft picks and Navy former Navy lacrosse players and all of these guys coming together one more time to play. Uh, I'm going to miss this group. I'm going to miss this group like crazy. It's been so much fun to watch. And, you know, as it's transitioned from a, you know, I think in the middle of the season, a lot of talk about TCU 
in relation to the rest of the league, right? Could they win the league? Could they run the table? And once it turned to the could they run the table thing, it kind of became TCU as the Big 12 proxy and TCU against everybody else, right? Um, the Big 12 against everybody else. And so at that point, it, you know, it was hard for me as somebody who's, who wants this league to succeed not to throw my full weight behind TCU as an observer, right? Um, the Baylor game, you know, is like, well, at least Baylor's going to get this moment. But when TCU got the ball back with the first chance to score and didn't got, didn't get the two, I was pulling like crazy for them to get the stop. Also financial reasons too. I had TCU money line in that game too. Um, but that is, you know, it's, it was hard not to, and they became such a proxy for it. And so I feel like really, I know this podcast almost in some ways for the last month, especially has felt like almost like a TCU podcast in, in some ways. And I apologize for that, but you know, it's hard not to uh, with the way this league has been and with, with the way this league was this year and with the way that this team represented the league and the challenge at the end and the fact that it felt like all the steam kind of left the engine after the Michigan loss, but the fact that, that Sonny Dykes and company gathered the troops and goes out and they beat Michigan. Um, it's why I love this team, the resilience. Every single time you ask a question of them, they've got some kind of answer every single time. Um, and so that is, I'm going to miss watching this group play. So for you folks who want the big 12 to do well, you know, I know some of you all Baylor fans, it would really hurt to watch them win a championship. I get that, but for the overall health of the league guys, it's better off. If TCU wins this thing, uh, put your allegiances aside. It is great for our league. Also, we're going to get some more money from that too. Right. Uh, but like, it, it's going to uplift a rising tide lifts all boats. Right. You know, I think it's really funny because I was also examining this question and I, I saw an article about it uh, in the Oklahoman about TCU now supplanting Oklahoma state and Baylor as like the presumptive favorite moving forward the rest of, uh, you know, the rest of, you know, of time, I guess you could say not of time, but like, as we move into the future big 12, like TCU's kind of solidified their spot as the next top team. And I think they've got a lot of advantages as we head into the new big 12. I think they're in a great spot, uh, obviously being in Dallas Fort worth, the success showing what they can do. It's huge. But once again, last three years, six separate teams, the championship game, we saw the way Oklahoma state and Baylor fell off after their championship runs in the big 12. And so while I think we all just want to say, man, K-State and TCU are set up well, that's what we said last year, because right, Baylor's a private school. I know they're not in Dallas, Fort Worth, but Baylor's, you know, got all this money in this beautiful stadium and a coach in Dave Aranda that we like a lot. I would caution you to say, like, that's not necessarily going to be true. Do I like TCU's chances? Sure. And I'm not trying to diminish TCU. The point I'm trying to make here is that we should really be grateful for this group right here. Cause I think, I mean, I think I know this group is special in terms of TCU's history. I think we should all acknowledge this as a special group in the history of the big 12 conference. When we consider what modern college football is, and also as a potential blueprint for not just the TCU Horn Frogs, but other big 12 schools to make it to this point. I think I, you know, I hesitate to say schools like Kansas state could do it. Maybe they could, but I, I'm not like, once again, I'm not trying to diminish Kansas state at all. I'm not sure every single big 12 school can pull off what TCU did. I think Baylor can, I think Houston could. Um, I think Cincinnati could because of their location. I think UCF can. 
Um, hell, maybe Iowa State can, right? I know, they, you know their favorite last year, you know, one of the uh, CFP darlings, but it didn't happen for them, right? So I think the conversation that we have about what teams look like in this league moving forward is a fascinating one after tonight. But this just goes more like to saying, like, what does this mean for the league? It's obviously a really important game. Um, I don't think the league has to have it. But when it comes to the, the game itself, let's spend some time on this. All right. Uh, TCU is plus 13. They are a plus 375 underdog. The over under is 63 and one half points um, in this game. I'm taking TCU plus 13. And here is why. Uh, TCU all year has played cl- close contest after close contest. This Georgia group does not appear to be one that where the, the door is shut and that is it. And that's over. It is not a squeeze you and compress you from the word go. They have had some moments where they have not looked excellent this year. The Missouri game is one of them. Parts of the LSU game, parts of the Kentucky game have to be mentioned. Obviously the Ohio state game, there is film out there of multiple games of vulnerabilities in multiple spots. Kirby Smart at times, I know after the Missouri game, he was critical of Stetson Bennett. After the Ohio State game was critical of Stetson Bennett, of the way he has played at some points. There is vulnerability there. Now, TCU is not the dog walking type, right? They do not blow the doors off of you either. But when when it's the when it's nut cutting time, as they say, pardon the, the kind of expressive term there. Uh, nobody is better than Sonny Dyke's group more often than not. Georgia has been excellent too. They haven't had as many harrowing moments. I would say this year, obviously the Ohio state game withstanding, but it's not as many harrowing moments as the horn frogs have, right? You go back to Kansas and you go back to Oklahoma state and you go back to the early part of the first Kansas state game. And you go back to the Texas game when Max Duggan drops the ball and the end of the game, you're like, Oh my God. Uh, you know, TC needs a first down uh, the Baylor game, obviously the Texas tech game in the fourth quarter, the West Virginia game was close, right? You guys are getting my drift here. The Michigan game, obviously, uh, you know, I think we've almost mentioned double the amount right there of harrowing moments, I guess you could say, compared to what the Georgia Bulldogs have gone through. So I think TCU plays close games because that's what TCU does. All right. So I'm taking TCU plus the 13. Don't really have a good feel on the over under. I guess I would go under, like, I guess that's my feeling is, is on the under on this. Um, that is where, that's where I would, I would go. Um, some other plays that I like, um, three straight scores by either team is minus 264 to the yes. I think a no plus 190 could be something interesting there. Uh, sure, it's ebbs and flows, I guess. Yes. But I don't feel like that's necessarily where I'm going. Once again, these are all brought to you by our friends at BetOnline and BetOnline.net. Interesting. Any team to score 40 points, the over uh, the over is yes, minus 103 to no. Once again, like maybe, maybe. I, I'm kind of leaning no in this. I don't know. Title games end up being weird sometimes uh, with things like this. They've got player props. So Max Duggan pass completions is over under 20 Stetson Bennett also over under 20. Just to tell you guys what the action is potentially Max Duggan passing TDs over one and a half is minus 121. under is minus 108. Stetson Bennett, the over of minus uh, over 1.5 is minus 244. The under is 1.5 passing yards in this category. Uh, Stetson Bennett, 275.5 Max Duggan, 245.5, kind of like the over there. For Max Duggan. Um, receptions. 
Let's see. You can go with eight, uh, a Donnie Mitchell, uh, Donnie Mitchell. He was, he came back last game for Georgia. Um, it was him who came back for him. Smith came back. Um, over three and a half is plus 110, under is minus 143. Brock Bowers over under five and a half, four and a half, especially if there's no, if we don't have a um, Darnell Washington sighting, I think it's definitely a place you want to go. Quinn Johnson over under 150 or over under 4.5 is 157. The under is is uh, plus 120 uh, at that point. So there are a bunch of props you guys you guys can go and do here. Uh, they do have some head to heads. More pla- uh, most pass completions. Duggan versus Bennett is pretty much a dead heat. I would go. I would go. Bennett, I think, because they they complete more passes. I guess I don't know. This, these are all really great props. Passing yards, I might go Duggan plus one thirty eight. He is the uh, he's the lower man on this totem pole. Most passing TDs, Duggan plus one thirty five could be something interesting. More receiving yards, Brock Bowers versus Tay Barber. This one's juiced at minus three thirty four. Um, more receiving, most receiving yards, Brock Bowers versus Quentin Johnson. Obviously, I like Quentin Johnson there at minus one, uh, one nine, one eighty nine. Excuse me. Most receiving yards, Lad McConkey or Darius Davis. Davis is plus one thirty four. I love him on that prop. So there are a bunch of those that you guys can go with. Uh, MVP. The odds right now are at first it's uh, Stetson Bennett, then Kenny McIntosh, then uh, then Edwards, then Milton, then McConkey, then Kiaris Jackson, uh, Rose uh, Rosemary Jack Saint. Jalen Carter, Max Duggan's like the fifth, like the fifth Georgia or fifth player they have on here. Um, he has got the second best odds though at plus four seventy five. You guys want Max Duggan? The Mercado at plus sixteen hundred. Kendrick Miller's Kendra Miller's plus eighteen hundred. Quentin Johnson is there for you guys at plus twelve hundred. So there's some of the props that you guys can get. All right, catch us tonight. We will be doing a Twitter space. I will fire that thing up a little bit before seven thirty. So make sure you guys are following me on Twitter at Josh Neighbors underscore. So you guys can catch that. Uh, find the show wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. Please subscribe. And uh, I've got Georgia winning the game tonight. I mentioned that last week. I think TCU covers, but let's hope the Big 12 gets a championship here. Hope you guys enjoy the game.